And welcome to the, the Joker's Corner. I am Marvel Kid AJ. This is the show that I am starting to talk about all things in the comic book world and anime. Uh, yeah, I am called Marvel Kid AJ and I am calling the show Joker's Corner. It is the show I don't have a bias towards Marvel or DC. And that's literally all it is. And to start off the show, we're going to start off with the first topic. And that first topic is what is now being, well, I'm now dubbing the James Gunn Saga. Uh, For those of you unaware, the James Gunn Saga, it is 10 years, everybody knows who James, well, most people know who James Gunn is. If you don't know who James Gunn is, he is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And what happened was 10, 8, 10 years ago, he tweeted out some tweets that were inappropriate. Everybody agrees that they were inappropriate and they were not funny. They were just, I like to call it Kanye, Kanye West-like jokes or Kanye West um, attention-grabbing. And I think that's how he wants to refer to it as, as him just trying to get attention when he wasn't as popular as he is now. Um, but anyway, he put out these tweets. Uh, someone dug out, dug up these tweets and sent them out to, I guess, the news media and got the news media to talk about it, which got the attention of Disney, which led Disney to fire James Gunn. Um, James Gunn has said that he respects Disney's decision and that he doesn't hold any bad blood or anything like that, but he and he understands the decision. Uh, after that, we had a, we had a few members of the cast come out, uh, mostly Dave Bautista, who plays Drax, saying that it's a bunch of BS, that it's just cyber Nazis trying to take down a good man, all this stuff. Then later on, we had uh, the rest of the cast come make this like formal letter which was like saying that we do not support the jokes but we do support James Gunn he is not the same person that he was eight to ten years ago and uh that he should be brought back on to do the movie um and now more recently we have Batista coming out saying that if they don't use James Gunn's script for the movie that he is going to try and get out of his contract and not play Drax anymore. Uh, Then we had some news coming out about the James Gunn script, and it's a report, not confirmed or anything like that, but a report saying that Disney will be throwing out the script for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 which would push back the release date of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which because they would have to remake a whole new script. If they want it to be a good movie, you don't want to rush these things. Um, yeah, they would have to remake a whole new script and all that stuff and push back the production date. Um, and even more on that, we have now, James Gunn has been very vocal that other studios have come to him asking them, him to direct movies for them, most, namely WB or Warner Brothers, which would put him in direct competition with Marvel. Warner Brothers owns uh, DC, and that would just be... I mean, can you imagine James Gunn doing a Green Lantern movie? That's like a spit in the face to Marvel, honestly. Um, Be like, hey, you don't want me. You're going to believe some... You're just going to not trust me that I'm just not being edgy, trying to do edgy comedy or make edgy jokes and you're just gonna fall prey to mob mentality so I'm just gonna go to your direct competition I mean he hasn't said that that's what he was going to do but uh I'm just speaking in hypotheticals um my opinion on this is that I think Disney messed up I don't think Disney should have fired him because uh, I mean at the end of the day All this stuff was happening before when he got hired for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and they didn't seem to care before, so now all of a sudden they all of a sudden care. Um, I don't think they're being genuine with firing James Gunn, and I even heard that 
Kevin, they even they didn't even tell Kevin Feige that James Gunn was fired. Uh, Kevin Feige found out the same way we all we all found out through the internet and stuff like that, which is crazy to think about because you gotta think Kevin Feige is the guy who's literally by not by himself, but literally spearheading them getting billions and billions and billions of dollars every year just based off his plan with the MCU. Um, but yeah, I don't think Disney's being genuine. I think they should really like reconsider uh, rehiring James Gunn because I honestly don't think people honestly care. I think people, if James Gunn were to direct the movie... I, all these people who say they're like, oh, they're so offended by what he said and they're not going to go see it. They're liars. They're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because, like, they're just, these are just average moviegoers. Like, the only people that even really are even paying attention to this are, like, really, um, people who are really interested in, like, behind-the-scenes stuff of movies, like, guys who want to be directors or writers on movies or producers or stuff like that. Like, the people who watch the bonus features on the DVDs, those are the only people that are even really paying attention to this whole thing, honestly. The average movie-going audience aren't, don't even, some of them don't know what's going on, and some of them just don't care. Um, I do think what James Gunn said was really messed up. But I don't think he should have lost his job over something that they didn't. They obviously didn't think was a big deal eight to ten years ago. This man directed two movies for them, while those tweets were still on the internet, and they must they um they knew about those tweets. They had to have known about those tweets because whenever you go for a job, any job, uh, they they always say, "Oh, make sure your social media is clean. Uh, we do look at your social media, yada yada." If you're a nurse and you, I remember there was a nurse. Uh, there were a few nurses, they were Snapchatting, uh, I think, in like a, an operating room, and they were making like music videos or something with patients who were passed out on social media, and they got fired. And I really doubt any, they're ever going to get a nurse, another nursing job because that's on social media, and social media is forever. So I, I really do believe Disney knew about these tweets before uh, all this was going on. They had to have. Um, but like I said, that's just my opinion. I really do think that uh, they should give James Gunn his job back and just let him do his thing, make great Guardians movies, and let him continue on with the cosmic side of Marvel. Because James Gunn, he had a he had a lot of uh, ideas, and I think he had a big plan on what to do with the cosmic side. And I think it would have been really cool to see what he could have done with other cosmic superheroes or just cosmic beings like Galactus, Silver Surfer, the Skrulls, the Kree. Well, we saw a little bit what he was doing with the Kree and Guardians 1. Um, but yeah, we could have seen... Uh, it would have been really cool, maybe like a James Gunn-directed Fantastic Four movie because Fantastic Four are like explorers, so you could have had them exploring space set to uh, a directed by James Gunn, which would have been really cool. Um, but yeah, who knows what, I mean, I don't think, I want them to do it, but I really doubt it. Disney probably won't give the man his job back. I really wish they would. I'd be shocked if they did. At least use the script. Just use the script. Use it to kill off Drax so we can have a nice clean ending for Batista's character. So we don't have to worry about recasting him, because that would suck. Um... Just use the script, just add in killing off Dave Batista's character, and just move on. Um, my next topic is talking about Disney acquiring the Fox rights. Uh, mostly just the Fantastic Four and X-Men is what I really want to talk about. Uh, basically, if you don't know, I'm just going to try and go from the beginning. The 90s, the comic book market kind of crashed due to... Well, Marvel side mostly. Um, they went bankrupt, or they were about to go bankrupt. I can't remember if they actually went bankrupt or not. But, uh, yeah, so they, they were about to go bankrupt, and they just sold off their, their movie rights to different studios. That's how we have Spider-Man with Sony, um, and then we had the Fantastic Four and X-Men with, with Fox. Um, as we all know, as most of us should know, we've watched those movies. Uh, the Fantastic Four movies weren't the strongest. 
Um, and then the X-Men were like a coin flip. You could have a good X-Men movie or you could have a bad X-Men movie. But now we don't have to worry about that anymore because Disney now has Fantastic Four and X-Men. So we'll eventually get to see uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four dealing, uh, interacting with the other MCU characters, um, which would be really cool. We, uh, I'm sure we've all been waiting for something like that to happen. Um, but what's really interesting is there have been rumors I don't think they've been confirmed yet but there have been rumors about Disney canceling the two upcoming X-Men movies that were about that were going to come out uh, that was the Dark Phoenix movie with the younger cast of X-Men and uh, the New Mutants uh, the X-Men Dark Phoenix I'm not that concerned about because We've kind of already seen. We've kind of already seen what the Fox thought the Dark Phoenix would have been, which was just a sexual monster that sucked the energy out of people through kissing them. Um, I'll never forgive Fox for killing Cyclops that way. The man deserved uh, a better way to go out than just being kissed to death. And, uh, so yeah, I'm not really concerned about that. Uh, the only reason I really would miss it is because, uh, they do have some of my favorite X-Men in there as, like, actual characters. Like, for example, they have Nightcrawler. And, I'm, and again, Nightcrawler isn't my favorite X-Men. Cyclops is my favorite X-Men. But, like, Nightcrawler is cool visually to see. Like, it's cool to see teleportation and stuff like that on, like, cartoon shows. But when you see it in live action, it's, like, it's a, like a totally different experience, so it's really cool to see that, and the fact that Nightcrawler was like a main character in the Apocalypse movie, it was really cool. So it would have been really cool to see him as a main character in the Dark Phoenix movie, and yeah, some people can say, oh, he was a main character in X Men Two, X Men United. He was not a main character. He was a glorified cameo. He had that one scene in the um the White House. And that was the coolest thing he did that entire movie. I mean, he kind of just stood around for the rest of the movie. He didn't really do anything. And I mean, you can say, yeah, it was made in like 2004, 2005, whenever it was made. So you, the budget, they didn't have the budget to do all the cool stuff that they did. And I mean, I understand that. It's a, the product of its time. But I mean, it's time to move on with actually showing Nightcrawler in all his glory. So I, I don't really care about Dark Phoenix getting canceled, it would probably have sucked anyway. Um, but the other one that I'm mostly disappointed about is the New Mutants. Uh, the New Mutants, first off, I love the New Mutants. Um, and they, I, I think they chose the perfect casting choice when it came to Wolfsbane. Uh, I can't remember her name. She's from Game of Thrones. She's the blind chick. Uh, what is her name? Hang on now, it's going to bother me. Uh, what is her name? What is her name? Uh, I'm so mad because I... I I really wanted her to play Wolfsbane. I remember seeing her in um, Game of Thrones, and I was like, oh, man, she would be a really cool Wolfsbane. Ah, uh, Wolfsbane. What is her name? What is her name? Wolfsbane actress. Ah, here we go. Maisie Williams. That is her name. And I remember seeing her, and I'd be like, oh, man, she would be a really cool Wolfsbane. And they casted her as Wolfsbane, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I finally, like, I'm like a movie person. I predicted who they were going to uh, cast as Wolfsbane. But since the rumors are that Disney doesn't want to release those movies, I'm not sure if Maisie Williams will get to be Wolfsbane. I hope she does. I really do. Um... 
because that would be really cool to see. And also, what News Mutants would have, why I was so excited for New Mutants, it would have been a new spin on superhero movies because we would have, we already seen the radar movies, we've already seen the, the, the R-rated comedy movies, we've seen heist films, we've seen spy films. We hadn't really seen like horror. And New Mutants seemed to be showing like that horror, that horror feel, and that would have been really cool to see. Um, for like for kind of legitimately the first time, um, and yeah, some people can argue that Blade. Some people might argue Ghost Rider, but first off, Ghost Rider, both Ghost Rider movies were awful. Um, especially the second one. I can let the first one pass, but that second one, there's no, there is no reason why that one should be as bad as it is. Um, and then Blade, Blade's kind of like stuck in the '90s. Uh, I like to say it's stuck in the Matrix because they all are like Matrix characters. Um, so yeah, and it wasn't even really that horror, it wasn't really that much of a horror movie. I mean, you had like Triple H, the wrestler, um, playing a freaking vampire with a vampire poodle, or was it a chihuahua? I think it was a chihuahua. So you got, like, how much of a horror movie are those? So you can't really say those are horror movies. Um, my predictions when it comes to, like, Disney having the rights for the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. I think in Avengers 4, at least I'm hoping, we'll see some sign, like maybe Galactus or Silver Surfer. Or maybe we could even see, like, like the screen will go black, and then maybe we'll see, like, we won't see, like, Johnny Storm, but we'll see, like, a, like what looks like fire, like, forming a circle and, like, doing like the the four sign that would be really cool at the end of like infinity war part two that'd be really cool or seeing galactus or like the silver surfer like surfing in space that would be really cool to see or like you see like silver surfer like just monitoring earth that would have been really cool that would be really cool to see at the end of uh this the next avengers movie um i'm just really excited to see what disney will do to make the fantastic four great again like because like the fantastic four like i have like three siblings so like not i have more than three but like i'm talking about three around my age and i remember there was like it had that perfect fit like there were three boys and one girl so we all got to be a member of the fantastic four and it like they were like one maybe not our favorites but we we liked them and then like we even like when we were kids we liked the uh the original fantastic four movies we thought they were so much fun and then as you get older, you kind of, like, lose this. I mean, you still have nostalgia vision. Like, I still enjoy, I can still watch those movies and not, like, be, like, annoyed with them. But, like, you know, like, they're not, like, true to the character. And then, um, then you have, of course, you have the Fantastic, Fan Four Stick, which is a terrible, terrible movie, which was overcomplicated for no reason. And it was complicated because of the most stupidest reasons. Like, they were trying to do, like, the whole Ultimate Fantastic Four thing, which I was fine with. I was actually looking forward to doing that because I like the Ultimate Universe. But um, they just made it overcomplicated. Like, they had, like, freaking Johnny Storm and Susan Storm. I think one was adopted and one wasn't. I can't remember how they explained that because Michael B. Jordan was Johnny Storm. And then, um, ah, what's her name? Whoever played Susan Storm, um, I can't remember her name. Crap, whatever her name is, but she's she's a she's white, and then they had Johnny Storm being black, and it just confused me. And and I'm a black dude, so I'm like I'm confused. It's like I'm like why what, what Johnny Storm is white, but now you're making it overly complicated. Like just if you really think you need to have a black character, if you want to do the diverse diversity thing, which I don't have a problem with at all. That's like I really don't have a problem with diversity. So if you want to make one character black just for the sake of diversity, why not make Reed Richards black or make the thing black? And then if you want to be like, oh, well, if you're going to make the thing black, you're losing the whole diversity factor because he's just the rock person for the entire movie. You don't have to. Just because you can do a Fantastic Four movie with the thing where he's not just the rock monster the entire time. You, there have been comic books where the, the thing can transform from rock to human there's in the ultimate universe i think he can go from rock form to like this purple energy type thing that looks like wonder man from like the avengers earth mightiest heroes cartoon show 
And I thought that was the, that's my favorite iteration of the thing. I don't like the fact that the thing is all like, oh, I'm mopey because I'm a big, ugly, orange rock monster all the time. Like, he's just depressing sometimes. Like, he is really depressing. But, I mean, I mean, not all the time. The, when he's, all oh, it's clobbering time. It's, that's when he's more fun. But, like, mostly I just see him being like, oh, I'm so depressed. I want to, I want to get rid of my powers, blah, 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 blah. Like, like, that's just really annoying. Like, even, like, the, the original Fantastic Four movies, like, you just had him wanting to get rid of his powers in the first movie, and then the second one, he got super excited that he got turned human for, like, a brief second when Johnny Storm was having those powers, when, when you could touch him, when, you, when he was touching people, he stole their powers or whatever. So, yeah, even then, it was, like, just weird. Um, but, yeah, that's just what I would like to see. Um, I want to see Wolverine in the suit, the yellow spandex. I want all the X-Men in their proper spandex attire. I don't want none of this leather BS crap that uh, Brian Singer felt like we had. That, that, that's just stupid. Like, they're comic book characters. Let them be comic book characters. Comic book characters have bright spandex. And they're fun. Like, just let them be fun. Let them be... Let them be what they are. Like, the, like when, when the creators came up with these characters, they drew them and they made them the way they are because that's the way they wanted them to look. So let them look like that in the movies. Um... Like, can you imagine, like, if Spider-Man wasn't in his Spider-Man suit, like, he was just in a, like, in a leather suit? That would be garbage. Like, we would be like, what is this? This isn't Spider-Man. This is some other dude. And, I mean, again, no, no, no problem with the first two X-Men movies. Like, the, the, like the costumes weren't the, the be-all, end-all for me. But as a, as a fan, I want to see them in their costumes. But, yeah, that's, 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 that's really all I would like to see. Just make good at Fantastic Four and X-Men movies. And I think Marvel will be able to do that. They haven't had a bad movie yet, besides Iron Man 3, which, again, isn't really a bad movie. It's just... <sighs> they screwed up the Mandarin, man. They screwed him up. Like... <sighs> they, had a really co- they had a really good actor, and I was fine with him being a terrorist. If you want to make him a terrorist, I was like, fine. They're trying to make it in like a semi-realistic world. And again, this is before... Um, Doctor Strange came, which I guess they were trying to save all that magic stuff for Doctor Strange, even though Thor is arguably magic. Um, they wanted to make Doctor Strange the more focused magic or whatever, like actual magic. So they made the Mandarin, Ben Kingsley's character, a freaking actor who wasn't even a terrorist. He was just an actor. I would have been fine if he was a terrorist. That would have been that would have been a different spin on it, and I would have been fine with it. Um... But no, they, they made him an actor, and they, they, they screwed that up. I actually walked out of that movie because of that scene. Um, I went back in, but I was very upset that they did that. Um, on to the next topic I have. It is, I'm going to switch over from comic book stuff to anime. Um, I'm currently watching, like, I'm currently following three animes, I'm kind of watching Boruto here and there. Um, I was I was a big fan of Naruto. Naruto's like probably my favorite anime of all time. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, my favorite anime of all time. And then the Boruto movie was really good. But then the the problem with the problem with Boruto with me is that they had him. They had the beginning sh- the beginning portion of the show was showing how he became a ninja, like, how he graduated from the academy and stuff like that. And I didn't want to see all that. I wanted to see him go on missions with Sarada and Mitsuki. I wanted to see him interact with the other teams in the village or whatever. I wanted him to have his own adventures. And, I mean, they were, but I, just, I didn't really care for the stuff that happened prior to the movie. Like, I already knew what was going on. So, like, let's just start from where the movie left off and keep it going. They didn't do that. They wanted to introduce the people that didn't see the movie. But now after episode 65, I believe, where Naruto and Sasuke had that really good fight with uh, Momoshiki, um, I think it's time for me to get back into Boruto, so I'll probably get back into that. Um, and I read Boruto, so I know what's going on in the manga. So it's not like I'm just totally lost with the show. It's just that I was just waiting for it to catch back up to where I could be like, all right, I can start watching it from like present day. That's all I really wanted to, to wait for. Um... 
but the three shows that I'm watching, like, as soon as they come out is My Hero Academia, which is, like, what everyone is watching. Like, it's hard to find someone. If you watch anime, you're most likely watching My Hero Academia. Um, uh, what happened the last episode? The last episode, I think... Oh, oh, okay. The last episode, it was, like, kind of filler, kind of not filler, it seemed like it. Um, it was mostly the Momo Yorozo, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, it's the chick that can um, make stuff out of her lipids, I think that's what they call them. I was going to say she can make stuff from her body. I don't know what lipids are, but that's how they like put a limit to her power. Um, it was her, uh, a Sui, the frog chick, um, the, 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 the rocker chick, and the guy who's pretty useless, he can just grow extra limbs. Um, they were trapped in this building fighting against another school. And it seemed like they were going to lose. I was convinced they weren't going to make it, but they somehow made it. And uh, they beat the, the, team, the, the school that, was, that, had, that had it out for them. So I guess they're going on to the next stage of the provisional license exam. And then they had... Todoroki just wreck like an entire school by himself or at least this group of kids by himself so he's moving on um and again I don't know a whole bunch of the characters names like I know the characters I just don't remember their names there's so many characters in my hero and then like as if you watch a lot of anime you gotta remember a whole bunch of different characters names so it's really hard for me to do that um but yeah you had that um and then you had um, what's the guy's name? Eraserhead. <laughs> Eraserhead. I don't think that's his name. Is his name Eraserhead? I know it's Eraser something. Um, he was talking to the Joker chick, uh, the pro hero Miss Joke, and she was like, "Oh, you seem really nervous about your student." Blah blah blah. He's all like, "Nah, I'm not nervous at all. Like, there's these there's two guys that just seem to be at the the center of every single major event that happens at this school, and they inspire the other." the other kids, and of course he's talking about Bakugo and uh, Midoriya, and it looks like next episode's gonna be real hype, like, I'm excited to see what Bakugo does, like, Bakugo, I, like, as much as I like Midoriya, I like Todoroki too, Bakugo's my favorite character in that show, Bakugo is the GOAT, like, I want him to be the top hero more than I want Midoriya to be the top hero, like, I just, well, I just want Bakugo to chill, Maybe not say he's gonna kill people so much, cause I'm, I get where he's coming from. He he means he he's just he's like a kid with ADHD. He's like always hyper. Maybe he has Tourette's too. Maybe that's what it is. Like I'm not trying to offend anybody with has Tourette's, but like a hero doesn't say he's gonna kill people unless you're an anti-hero. But he wants to be like All Might, and All Might doesn't kill people, so I don't understand where he gets the whole "I'm gonna kill you" thing. Um. But yeah, that was the last episode of My Hero. It was pretty good. I can't wait for more the the next episode. That seems like the the hype episode. And I'm still waiting for my You Say Run moment. We haven't had one for the entire season three. I thought when Midoriya fought Muscular, I thought that was going to be my You Say Run moment. Or when All Might fought All for One, I thought that was going to... Is it All for One? No, yeah, it's All for One. Um, I thought that was going to be the You Say Run moment, but it wasn't. Um... I really hope we don't have a season of My Hero where we don't get the You Say Run moment because I love the You Say Run moments. It gets me hype. It gets me so excited. And most of the time, they're really emotional. Like um, like when Todoroki and Midoriya fought in the tournament, during the tournament arc, I got really emotional. Like I, got, I, I felt tears well up because Midoriya, even though he wanted to win, he wanted Todoroki to like, Stop feeling not what is what am I, what am I trying to say? Um, he wanted Todoroki to stop thinking that his firepower is only there because his dad gave it to him. It's like he was like, no, it's not just it's not your dad's power. It's your power. Like your dad can't shoot ice. You you can shoot ice and fire. Your dad can't do that. Like it's your power. So embrace it, and he finally did. And it was like, it's literally one of the most beautiful pieces of anime I've seen in a long, long time. Um, moving on to Black Clover. Um, Black Clover, I love Black Clover. I personally read Black Clover. I'm caught up, well, almost caught up with Black Clover in the manga. I got like maybe like 
a couple of chapters to read to catch back up. Um, and then the anime just had the just had the battle royal part. I didn't watch those. I'm still behind on that one because I read it, so I don't really. I'm never like in a rush to watch it. Um, I just do it when I I have like I can binge watch a couple episodes, but uh, I know that they were doing the underwater battle royale thing, which is about to be pretty lit because oh, what's his name? Like I said, there's so many characters in these shows that it's hard to remember. Uh, Luck and the fire dude, the fire baseball guy, he they they have a pretty epic team up moment in there when they're fighting. I think his name is Beto or Veto. The guy who's talking about despair all the time, that guy. Um, so I can't wait for that moment unless it already happened. And I, then you already saw it. You know, I'm just talking for no reason. And then it's about to pick up. Black Clover. Anyone who's not watching Black Clover needs to pick it up because it is about to get so hype. And I don't want to be there when all the kid, all the people are like, oh man, Black Clover is so cool. Blah, blah. Like, no, y'all need to pick it up now because I've been watching it. Even when Asta was doing that annoying screaming crap, I stuck with it. I, I, I stuck with it. So y'all need to start from the beginning, deal with the screaming for like the first four to six episodes and then just let it do its thing because Black Clover although it's not the new Naruto like everyone was saying it is it's a good anime it has its it stands on its own two feet um and then next I want to talk about is Attack on Titan now first off I just want to say I am sorry about Attack on Titan there are two way too many characters in Attack on Titan and then there are too big of gaps between seasons so besides like the main people like uh Armin, Mikasa, Aaron, uh, and what's his name? Levi. I have a very hard time remembering everybody else. Oh, and uh, what's this guy's name? I like, I think his name is Connie. Yeah, Connie. I like Connie because he reminds me of uh, Aang. So I remember his name. Um, and I only know Gene's name because they said his name a lot in the last episode. But Things are picking up in this season. I think my brother told me that this season there aren't going to be really much uh, human versus titan fights. It's mostly going to be human versus human fights. And if there's anything like what we saw last episode where Levi's just swinging around the city like Spider-Man, I cannot wait to see what kind of fights we see because that was so cool. Uh, you had Levi swinging around, sliding on stuff, breaking through bars, and st it was it was so cool. And then you had um, you found out a little bit more about his story, his past, and I think um, you met like her real father. I don't think that's her father. I think that's kind of like a smokescreen. I could be wrong. If you if you read the manga, don't spoil it for me, please. Um, but. Because I don't read the manga. I don't read Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is like a mystery show, so I want to like keep the mystery. Um, but yeah, it was a good episode. I can't wait for the next one. Um, and yeah, I think that's all the anime talk I have. On to, and now we're going on to the comic book reviews for the week of August 8th, 2018. Um, the way I'm going to do the comic book reviews is I'm going to pick, in my opinion, the five, my five favorite um, comic review, comic books of the week. And as the show goes on, and depending on how many people are actually interested in this, this uh, I will take uh, suggestions from people from time to time. Um... But let's start off with The Amazing Spider-Man number 3, Legacy number 804. So, turns out, in the last issue, we had... Well, let me just set the stage for this new um, run on Spider-Man. We just got out of dance a lot. Um, Peter Parker is now roommates with Randy Robertson's son. No, no, no. He is now son, he is now roommates with Joe Robertson's son, Randy Robertson, and the villain Boomerang. Um, 
I don't know why Boomerang isn't in prison or why Spider-Man can't... Oh, no, no. Spider-Man can't put him in prison because Boomerang knows something about the Kingpin that Spider-Man doesn't, I think. I think that was the reason why he's not throwing him in prison yet. Um, so he's kind of trying to keep an eye on him. And what better way to do that than be roommates with him? Although we haven't seen Boomerang in a while now. Like, we haven't seen him for two issues, I think. We only saw him in that one issue. But anyway, in the last issue, we had the lizard uh, showing that he can kind of control the lizard side and the Dr. Connor side. Like, he's able to control it with, uh, like, kind of like the inheritor trip from the Spider-Man 2 movie with Sa the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 movie. Um, he has, like, this inhibitor chip that allows him to control the lizard. That way, if the lizard tries to attack anybody, um, the inhibitor chip will render him... I don't think he's, it'll render him unconscious. It'll just stop him in his tracks or, like, give him, like, a shock to stop him. But anyway, the last issue, Taskmaster and Black Ant, I believe his name is, the evil Ant-Man, uh, they broke into uh, Dr. Connor's, like, class and in the class for, for whatever reason I don't know why you would give the lizard so many scientific stuff to mess with but anyway apparently Peter Parker did something he like made some combination and it was like it was supposed to be like a smoke screen and the next thing you know Spider-Man and Peter Parker are in the same place and, of course, Spider-Man beats up Taskmaster and Black Ant. And the next thing you know, they're like, why are there? Why is there Peter Parker and Spider-Man in the same place? And that was the big mystery. And then in Amazing Spider-Man 3, we find out what happened is um, the thing that turned, I think it was like, they call, I think they call it the Genome Accelerator. Uh, apparently, before Peter Parker threw the, like, smoke screen thing, he bumped into that and it turned it on and he got hit with it and he didn't realize it because it needed a couple seconds to boot in and when he threw the smoke screen or whatever that's when the spider-man aspect of peter split off with the peter parker aspect so now there are two separate individuals there is spider-man and there's peter parker so peter parker is like oh this can't have a downside because now there's, whenever I've tried to move away from Spider-Man, there's always been a replacement that either went away or just wasn't me. Like, we had the Ben Riley, we had, uh, we had, uh, like, I was going to say clones, but Ben Riley is the clone. Um, I can't think of all these other things that Spider-Man did when he wasn't, um, when he wasn't Spider-Man. Anyway, he was like, oh, well, this should work out. I can finally have a normal life. So anyway, we move on to um, a bowling. Uh, Mary Jane apparently wanted to go on a double date with Peter, and so Peter tried to set up a double date with him and Mary Jane with, and then Randy Robertson and Randy Robertson's ex-girlfriend, Nora Winters, who was also a former reporter for the daily bugle and it's funny because like it's like why would peter parker why would you want to have like possibly the worst double date of all time like nora winters is a very like she's not hard-headed but she has a very big personality and so it's like funny it's like you chose the wrong people to take on a double date um you could have taken like flash thompson i would have done flash thompson and babe brant before getting randy robertson and uh uh Randy Robertson and Nora Winters, or even Flash Thompson and Shashan, somebody, like, besides those two. Because um, they kind of, like, they don't hate each other, but they have that whole, like, oh, we're exes, so we kind of have to not get along with each other. Um, and then things took a turn for, like, I felt like we got transported back into the 90s because, like, you had Spider-Man fighting the, tr the, the, the Spider-Man that's now the separate entity, because the regular Peter Parker, they kept explaining that due to the fact the genome split them in half, um, some of the aspects of Peter that made them whole, like, so Peter Parker, the Peter Parker aspect, he can't wall crawl, he, can't ha he doesn't have a spire sense, he doesn't have this enhanced strength. They make a funny joke that I really liked. 
where he was like, I have a, the proportional strength of a guy with no gym membership. I thought that was so funny. Uh, Nick Spencer, you get Spider-Man's humor, and I love you for that. And then with Spider-Man, he has all the Spider-Man stuff and yada yada, but he kind of, what they're seeming, it seems like they don't have, he has all the power, but none of the responsibility that Peter would have had. So it looks like while he's fighting the Tri-Sentinel, even though he stops him, it looks like there's going to be a lot of collateral damage because the comic book kind of ends with him destroying the Sentinel and um, it looks like the debris is going to fall on people. At least that's what it looked like. And Kirk Connors was explaining to Peter because they did an experiment with the genome accelerator uh, with a mouse. Oh, there was another joke, uh, an amazing Spider-Man joke, uh, the movie with Andrew Garfield. Remember the scene where... uh, the mouse that they uh, experimented on turned into the lizard, and he was eating the other mouse. He Peter Parker makes a joke about that, and it was it was funny. Um, but yeah, that's how the comic book ended with the the Spider Man aspect destroying the Tri Sentinel, and uh, we gotta wait two weeks to find out whether or not the debris is gonna fall on people, and then whether or not if Peter Parker can like recombine with the Spider-Man aspect so he can have the great power with with great power comes great responsibility yada yada nonsense I just hope that Nick Spencer doesn't because I've been so happy ever since that ever since Peter Parker and um, Mary Jane got back together I've been really really happy um, with that decision because I I thought I, I, I was convinced I would have been I would be 40 before I saw um, Peter Parker and Mary Jane back together but Nick Spencer gave it to us in issue one of this new series, or 802, Legacy Numbering. But yeah, I've been really happy, and I just hope that um, Peter, like, when Peter figures out that, oh, I can't let anyone else be Spider-Man, I have to be Spider-Man, I have to put that, all that responsibility on me. I just hope he doesn't use that, and they don't use that as an excuse to have them break up again. Because I really like when Peter Parker and Mary Jane are together. They don't have to be married I get the whole marriage ages the character thing they have, even though it doesn't. Like, I mean, come on. When super, some of the best stories we've had from Superman over the past decade, where I actually read Superman and it was interested in him, was when he had a kid and he was married. I thought that that was so cool. And then Brian Michael Bendis kind of ruined it, but you know what can you do? Um, um, but yeah, I just hope they don't ruin that. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is Daredevil six oh six. Um, this comes immediately after the whole battle of New York between the heroes of New York and the, that, that church that's not really a church, it's like a, a crusaders type thing versus, um, the hand. So as if you remember in Daredevil 605, it ended with Matt Murdock overhearing that Wilson Fisk had the mayoral election rigged, so he goes to get um, the inhuman that he's been working with, Frank McGee, the guy who was like a former cop and now has like flashlight eyes or whatever. Um, he's been working with him recently in Charles Soule's run, which by the way, Charles Soule, you are a god. You are a god when it comes to writing Daredevil. Like, you are incredible. I have 605, issue 605 was immaculate. I cannot find anything wrong with that. It was so cool to see Daredevil with a sword, and then, like, you pulled in the Catholic thing, and the sword, like, lit up. Like, it was, like, as if God himself was giving Daredevil power to, like, smite his enemies. It was so cool. I never thought I would want to see Daredevil riding a horse with a sword, but. It just showed me something I didn't know I wanted, and it was awesome. But anyway, in this issue, he's teaming up. He's he's talking to Frank McGee, talking about, yo, uh, Wilson Fisk set up the election. We got to bring him down. And Frank McGee's like, all right, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly. We're going to do like an actual investigation. We're not going to just go bust down doors and just say, we're taking you out, Kingpin. We're going to do this by the book, and, or, as by as, or as by the book as possible as you can when it comes to like costume vigilantes. So, um, so then, so the team that Frank McGee comes up with is Cypher of, I I don't think he's an X-Men anymore, I think he's just a mutant. He's a mutant called Cypher, he can read, he can understand any language, even computers and stuff like that. And the thing I like about Charles Soule is that he's able to 
I guess I can't remember if he wrote that one or not. I have to check again. But in Weapon Hunt, Weapon Lost, or whatever, which is like the Daredevil side of like the whole missing Wolverine mystery, uh, he teams up with Cipher and that, and they say that, oh yeah, I used to work with him, or blah blah blah. blah. But the one, the really cool thing, was it has the Inhuman Reader, and I love Reader. Reader is so is such a cool character. Um, he's basically this Inhuman who's blind and. He is allowed to, if he if he uses this little like braille pad and spells out the word the word in braille on the braille pad he can do uh he has the abil- that ability and he gets a limit of 3 before he and in order to recharge he has to go to sleep um and Daredevil, it was such a cool interaction because, as everybody knows, Daredevil's blind, and he's like, "Oh man, another blind superhero." It was really cool, really cool to see. It was really nice, um, and I like totally gushed over the fact that uh, Charles Soule was using Reader. I love Reader. I love his little seeing eye dog too. I think the dog might be blind too. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but also in that episode, in that episode, but in that uh, issue. Daredevil realizes that now that the Kingpin is like back as the mayor, um, the villains, like the mob bosses and the villains, like Hammerhead, Hammerhead was in this issue, I'm just using him as an example because he was in this issue, um, are going to be a lot more, not reckless, but feel like they can get away with a lot more things because they have a villain running the city. So you had Daredevil intercepting a a bank heist, which was being led by um, Hammerhead, and Hammerhead's whole scheme was to show that, yeah, the villains are running the city now, blah, 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 like, you heroes can't do nothing. Um, and something happens, because Daredevil couldn't, he had to save three people, but he, the, the way he was thinking about it, he was like, there's no way I can save three. I can save two, but that third one, I can't, I can't I'm not going to risk the third one's life. He was like, what do I do, what do I do? And the third guy, he read the dude's heartbeat and realized that he was about to do something. And the dude, like, kind of ducked and, el- like, elbow-gutted, punched him in the gut. The villain, one of Hammerhead's thugs in the gut. And which gave, the da- which gave Daredevil the time to knock out the other two people. And gave this really, like, nice speech saying, like, Hey, guys, I know it's tough right now. Um, things are a little crazy in New York, but we need to stick together as New Yorkers. Um... And you guys can be heroes, too. Don't just, if you, like, be just a decent person. Like, don't just rely on us heroes to say everybody. Because we can't do all the workload. So, like, you guys can be heroes, too. I mean, of course, don't go fighting villains. But, you know, just keep watching each other's back. Like, don't let anybody go home alone at night. Stuff like that. Um, and then the issue ended with Daredevil talking about how he has to be smart. He has to be able to... Um, be proactive instead of just reactive. And he was talking about how he has to go see an old friend and it's this kind of a pants to the bar with no name, which is like a bar for all the small-time thugs and hoods of the New York. And um, there's this guy named Mike Murdoch. I don't know if... I've never seen this character before. Again, I, I've just gotten into Daredevil with, uh, like, following him religiously with uh, Charles Soule's run. Um... Especially after the Netflix show. I love the Netflix show. So I started reading with the Charles Soule. Um, but um, he's calling, he says his name is Mike Murdoch. I can't tell if he's like a clone of Matt Murdoch who's not blind. I, he doesn't look blind. But um, his name is Mike Murdoch. He seems like a guy who hates Matt Murdoch. He's like talking a whole bunch of ish about how Matt Murdoch, because everyone sees Matt Murdoch as like, the ex-hero mayor who saved the city or whatever. So he's like, oh man, I just hate my brother, blah, blah, blah. I hate my twin brother. I don't know if he's that's his actual twin. I could be wrong. I have to do some research on the character. Um, but if anyone knows about him, I would love to hear about it. Uh, please inform me. Um, I'll be able to, I'll tell y'all about all that at the end of the show of how y'all can like, all that. I'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the show, the issue ends with Daredevil meeting with this guy named Mike Mike Murdoch talking about he needs his help or whatever. Um, but yeah. The next one I'm going to talk about is Miles Morales Spider-Man Annual Number 1. And this is, I'm not going to lie, I was very disappointed with this one. 
Um, not because the story was bad. The story, I, I enjoyed the story. It was a nice little flashback to, it seemed like when the scrolls were invading it. So I guess they're trying to rewrite the fact that Miles Morales was, they're trying to say Miles Morales was here the entire time. And it looked like, um, it was like a flashback to before he became Spider-Man. Um, he had like this makeshift outfit that, which kind of looks like Peter Parker's homecoming, like in, you know, in like the homecoming suit, he has like the baggy suit. He doesn't have, um. The, Tark, the Starks tech. When he fights the vulture for the final time, it looks like kind of like that suit, but Miles Morales version-ish. And of course he has to have Tim's because what black guy in New York doesn't wear Tim's, right? Um, I just, I, that was a little pet peeve of mine. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cheesy. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, but it was like kind of like, really, dude? Really? Tim's? Really? Um... But yeah, that story was good. It showed some, uh, it showed, it kind of gave Miles Morales a Uncle Ben moment for this universe, not for the ultimate universe, for the main universe. They need better, they need to explain better of how, whether or not, they need to explain Miles Morales' stuff in the main universe, because I'm still very confused on how his life works in the main universe but um it was a nice neat story he fought morbius and they showed him fighting a, a scroll version of spider-man and that was really cool and then they had an extra story about uh genki getting his or trying to learn how to drive or trying to get his driver's license or whatever and i thought that was funny um but the reason why it was so disappointing is i was wait i i heard about that i knew that this annual was coming out and i was hoping they would show some sign about what's to come from Miles Morales' character as when it comes to, like, his solo series. Um, especially now that Brian Michael Bendis is at uh, DC. So, yeah, I was just curious on why or why not they didn't um, keep that going. Or they didn't give us a hint or indication of what they're going to do with his character. Um, but yeah. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is Titans number 24. And in this one, the Titans are still inspecting source wall phenomenons and stuff like that. And in this issue, it was a guy who, uh, whatever he imagined came to life, like, he was a writer, and he was writing, like, these D&D &D books or whatever, and uh, these, when he got hit with the source wall uh, energy, all of his um, creations appeared in the real world instead of being in their own world. So, the, of course, the Titans fought them, and Miss Martian and Raven did something where they could cut him off from the source wall energy but they had to go into the world that he had created. So they go into the world that he had created and uh, they stop the thing. But the twist is at the end, the, the main creation that the guy created, he had switched places with Raven. And I guess the guy's kind of like a shapeshifter or he uses magic to shapeshift because the Titans still think Raven's with them. But in reality, Raven is in the world that the the writer had created or whatever and she's stuck there and we have to find out how they're going to get her back and then the final review for august 8th is uh suicide squad number 45 and the only reason i'm even reading suicide squad 45 is because it crosses over with aquaman and i'm really digging aquaman right now and unfortunately it's dan abnett's final story on aquaman for his run uh which is unfortunate because he's been killing Aquaman recently. He's been killing it. Um, this is like my second favorite run of Aquaman after the Jeff Johns stuff. Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, Atlantis is now on the surface and their Task Force X is trying to bring it back down. And so Amanda Waller is like talking to the team and there she's like, you're gonna meet a contact when you reach Atlantis, uh, and your goal is to bring it back down underwater, like there's Atlantis should not be up on the surface, so we're gonna bring it back down. And meanwhile, 
while all this is happening, Mera is getting crowned uh, queen of Atlantis. And I think his name is Volko. I think his name is Volko. Um, he's saying to Arthur, like, oh, come on, let's go see Mera get crowned queen. It's such a good day for Atlantis, yada, yada. And Aquaman's like, nah, I don't want to be there because he, I think the way they're explaining is he loves her, but in order for this union to work, because I guess as soon as a queen marries a guy, the king, he becomes the king and the king becomes the ruler of Atlantis or whatever. The whole matriarch, patriarch thing of however they kingdoms work. Um, so he can't be with her or else Atlantis suffers. So he's all depressed or whatever. And what's really interesting, they introduced this new character in Aquaman called Dolphin. And there have been hints that Dolphin likes, like is interested in Aquaman. So and the one of the characters make a snide remark about it. And so I think that's what they're trying to get to. Like they're trying to introduce, I mean, when you got Jason Momoa playing Aquaman in the movies, you kind of want... Oh, yeah. You got to show that Aquaman is like a super, he can get a whole bunch of chicks because uh, Jason Momoa is playing him. You know, he's the surfer dude. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, Task Force X reaches Atlantis, finds out that the informant that Amanda Waller was talking about was a Atlantean who doesn't agree with the surface, uh, Atlantis being on the surface. So Deathstroke is looking, not Deathstroke, um, what's this guy? Deadshot. Deadshot is looking around, he sees families of Atlanteans, and he's like, all right, Amanda Waller mentioned that there were going to be casualties, but I don't kill kids. So what is this thing that's going to bring Atlantis back under the surface? That's, and he finds out that it's a nuke, and he's like, oh, Amanda Waller, you sent, a nu- you sent us down here with a nuke, so you don't really care about the casualties, and the nuke is going to kill children. So now I guess... Um, of course they're going to fight each other because there's going to be a big misunderstanding and I guess they're going to team up to stop Amanda Waller. Whatever, however the, how the story progresses. Um, I really enjoyed that, this, uh, this kind of story. Um, it was fun. I'm excited to see what happens next in the Aquaman side of the part, in Aquaman side of the crossover. Um, so yeah, that's all the comic reviews for August 8th. That I chose August 8th, for the week of August 8th, 2018. Um, The next thing is classic comic reviews, and we are talking about Amazing Spider-Man 100. So classic comic book reviews, I'm just going to choose a classic comic book, maybe a few, maybe a few. But for right now, I'm just going to stick with one. That's Amazing Spider-Man number 100. Um, and this one, Peter Parker is trying to get rid of his spider powers because he wants to be with Gwen Stacy, he wants to marry her, and he's like, if I'm Spider-Man, all my enemies, blah, 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 you know, the typical Spider-Man BS. Um, anyway, he takes the serum that he came up with, um, and he falls into, like, a fever dream type deal, and he sees a whole bunch of old villains that he's fought and stuff like that, and they're telling him, oh, you're such a failure, blah, blah, blah. Yada, 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 you'll never be able to live a normal life. You're just, you're just surviving, blah, blah, blah. All the, it's a whole bunch of 1960s stuff or 1970s, whenever that book came out. Um, and he sees, at the end of this dream, he sees Gwen Stacy's dad, George Stacy, and she's, he's saying, like, you can't give up being Spider-Man. You have to do it, blah, 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 blah. He basically gets another whole with great power comes great responsibility speech from George Stacy. And when he wakes up, he finds out that he has four extra arms so he comes he's basically transformed himself into a human spider and that's how the comic book ends and next issue we are going to see spider-man with six arms fighting morbius the living vampire and yeah so we'll talk about that next time for amazing spider-man issue number one and finally to close out the show we I'm going to plug my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both are Marvel Kid AJ, all lowercase. Uh, the AJ might be capitalized, but you can find me with just lowercase. So yeah, all lowercase, all one word, Marvel Kid AJ. And you, I'm offering. You can ask me any questions you want, comic book related, please. Um, uh, yeah, comic book related questions. I'll answer them. And. That'll be another segment of the show that I want to, again, this is the first episode. I'm trying to start it up um, just kind of like a hobby. 
Um, like I said, just DM me your questions and I will answer them next time on the show. Uh, that is Marvel Kid AJ. And I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, if this app works, I'm using Anchor, the Anchor app. Uh, if this works, it should be on all podcasts, uh, viewable things like the iTunes podcast, uh, SoundCloud. I don't have a Spotify. I got to work on that. Um, so it should be on, uh, it should be on iTunes podcast and SoundCloud podcast. Uh, just to make sure I'm going to put it on my Instagram and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you would like to spread the word, help me out, you know, it'd be really nice. Um, yeah, like I said, Marvel Kid AJ and I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Uh, I don't have a catchphrase to end the show, so I'm just going to end it. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining me in the Joker's Corner. Uh, have a good day and keep reading comic books.